Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode of the show, where tonight it's the Demonic Dean's film pick of the week, Hashtag Alive, directed by Il Cho from 2020, a zombie thriller from South Korea that we're going to get into a little bit later on in the show. But first and foremost, I'm joined by the big John to my little John, the Gold Give Keith. Evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Say it with me, people. <laughs> hey, evil dies tonight. Evil dies tonight. Big John. <laughs> Are you okay, Big John? <laughs> yeah, we, we, yeah we, we will get into that as well, but I'm going to get to the introduction. So, of course, you just heard him. The Mad Monkey himself, the Prince of Morris Day. Yes, get fucking with the monkey. Yes, keep it a fucking, keep it a fresh. It's the Mad Monkey broadcasting to you live from the Talking Terror Studios, where we, the Talking Terror crew, the four horsemen of horror, will be coming in your ears for the next two hours with trailer reviews, horror and nerd news, and all that other good shit that makes our podcast the best motherfucking horror podcast there is in all of the goddamn land. So make sure you listen on Spotify. Make sure you listen on iTunes. Make sure you listen on Blog Talk. It really doesn't fucking matter, because like a bad case of the clap, we are everywhere, baby. What's up, Fry family? <laughs> Man, all right. Always oh, bringing it. Okay. Always bringing it. Took a breath in there. Hi, good. Took that breath. <laughs> Evil dies tonight. I do cocaine. Okay. <laughs> and then, of course, last but not least, we are joined by the very astute, very opinionated, the guy with all the ramen, the demonic dean. <laughs> dean, dean, dean. Or maybe we don't have him. Maybe we don't. Maybe I just lied. I don't know. But either way, I introduced him. So whenever he wants to pop on, it would be great. I don't know. I guess he's he's waiting for a bigger introduction. I don't don't know if I have one in there. Uh, We need to... uh, Oh man, he's he's coming across all fuzzy like an Atari twenty six hundred cartridge. Blow into it, Dean. Blow into it. <laughs> is the hashtag here? It's a reality. It's like <laughs> I am the bee. Did we just get into the Matrix? Oh God, he's gone. Okay, so he'll be back. Yeah, I thought we went to the Matrix for a second. You know, hashtag demonic bean. Hashtag please wake up. I don't know. <laughs> um. I mean, I wanted to kick off with, with our thoughts on Halloween Kills. But, yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm going to have to do a – oh, nope. Let's, let's see if it works this time. All right. Uh, hey, Demonic Hello. Dean, are you there? Okay. Hey, I am here. Right. Am I here? All right. Woo-hoo! Thank you. I don't know You're what the deal is with that. I am hashtag here, and we are uh, – we will be this evening taking a trip to the mysterious Far East uh, once again as I have led us on these – journeys at different times through uh, our time here 
with our Talking Terror program. Uh, so yes, hashtag alive later this evening. Uh, but I feel that a lot of us are Absolutely really not. looking forward <laughs> to talking about a small town uh, not too far, uh, not as far away as South Korea um, hmm. on this program. Are you trying to tell us you're a small town so. girl? <laughs> Live I'm trying to tell you about the <laughs> Hashtag journey. That's right. <laughs> but I... Uh, was not privy to any pre-show conversation, but I do believe uh, that based on the uh, the cinematic and streaming rollout of the past week, uh, that all of the hosts of Talking Terror have long been looking forward to their outlets to give their thoughts on uh, a small town in Illinois uh, to get this show rolling tonight. Am I correct in my assumption? Chicago? I mean, I want to Chicago. <laughs> That's a whole different band. That's a whole different band. Same state, though. Similar state. Illinois. I mean, you know, you're getting there, monkey. You're getting there. Um, I mean, yeah, as, as the dean's alluding to, he's talking about Halloween Kills, which dropped last week in theaters and also on Peacock. Uh, we definitely want to talk a little bit about it, try to keep it as full of free as we can. Literally, I could just litter this entire episode with my fucking nitpicks. So I'm going to save my opinion for the tail end. Uh, I want to get to you guys first. Uh, Ghoul, first and foremost, what did you think about Halloween Kills, the second entry in David Gordon Green's saga? Uh, all right. So, so we're going to keep this spoiler free just for, for those, the, the, those, few, those few that are out there that have not seen it, um, which is acceptable. Thanks, Mom. Uh, I think at this point I think everybody should have seen it that wanted to see it, being that it's theatrical. It's Peacock. It's it's available. Um, yeah, man. It's, it's, it's time to talk about it. Watch it. So, okay. Here we go. Halloween Kills. Okay, we're hyped. We didn't go. We went Saturday, okay? I know, King, you did it on Thursday. Dean, you did it on Friday. We did the Saturday thing. We, uh, it was me, uh, three of the kids, and, and Bonnie. Uh, so, so, so it was nice, first and foremost, to actually be in a theater that was full. Um, that was a really oh. cool thing. It's been a long, it's been a long time since I've had that experience. We did a five fifteen, and I would say we were probably more than three quarters full in this theater. Um, so, so for me, that that that's full. Uh, yes, I know it's fucking sexy. Um, before so, you continue, I do want to ask. I do want to ask, but uh, Ghoul, before you continue, I do want to ask because uh, I feel like. Uh, you know, you've been out and about and have done several things uh, in the COVID world, attended a full indoor concert, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, how, mm-hmm. like, how does it feel being inside a theater full of people? Uh, I did go to the theater uh, two nights in a row last week, and uh, the theater that I saw Rad in on Thursday was probably empty, maybe a little more than a third full. <laughs> and then on Friday, when I saw Halloween Kills, there was like four or five other people uh, but I also went at like 3 o'clock on the Friday, so 4 o'clock on a Friday. So I haven't been indoors with a large group of people. So how has that been feeling? Uh, that, that is, to, to be honest, it's a little disconcerting. Um, you kind of got used to the space. You got used to, to all, like, we've done concerts. You know, we did, did some concerts over the summer. They were still using some of the, the, the pandemic rules with that um, as far as capacity, uh, mask wearing and stuff like this. So, I mean, the, the concert that we went to, yes, full indoor concert. It was a packed house. Um, that's probably the, the biggest complaint 
of that entire weekend as far as the show went was that the place was absolutely packed. Well, everybody's complaining about that because nobody's used to that anymore. Uh, that's quite the norm uh, you know, for a concert. Anyway, for the concerts that we like to go to. So, uh, so yes, it's, uh, it's a little off-putting at first, but it's also, once you settled into it, it kind of felt nice again. It felt normal. It felt regular. Uh, we've had no ill effects from it. The, uh, you know, as far as the rules go, everybody in New York City has to be vaccinated. Um, you have to present a vax card. They do have a, uh, they do have an exemption form that you'd have to download, print out, sign off on, and then show proof of a negative test. Uh, but I guess a lot of people just didn't want to bother going through all of that process because, um, again, there were. You know, a lot of last-minute tickets just, just started popping up left and right, specifically after they announced that, uh, whatever the date was, that you had to be vaccinated. I think it was after October 1st. I think once that got revealed, tickets started flying like crazy from people that just don't want to get, you know, didn't want to get vaxxed. Um, so anyway, theater, same protocol. So uh, they, they tell you to wear your mask. Uh, it's suggested. It's not, you know, it's not, uh, not mandatory, though. So it's like one of those where you're kind of going on an honor system. Um, you know, we're all good here. Sam, you know, is, is under 12, uh, so she had her mask. Uh, we try to do our part with, with all of that. So, yes, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. But it is what it is. It was weird having people sitting next to us in the theater because, you know, I know our theaters have been doing that whole thing where you had space and spreading and you had to have, like, two seats in between. We had people, like, right there, boom right next to, to us on the left, right next to us on the right. Again, pack theater. Let's get on with the movie. We didn't need to hear all that. Why'd you have to ask that, Dean? You know me. I do long-winded yeah, explanations. You say, you say I ramble when I tell my stories. I know. Well, well, you, know there. you fucking ass. So anyway, Halloween Kills, man. You know what? We enjoyed it. You know, we, we watched it. The kids liked it for what it is. Are there problems with the movie? You know, for, from my perspective, yes, of course. Uh, I have the same problems with 2018's Halloween. Uh, for me, there's going to never be another Halloween film as good as the original movie. Um, mm -hmm. So anything that gets considered a sequel to that film, you know, it, like I look at part four, and as much as I like part four, like I tried watching it again the other day, and, and you know what? I don't know if it's a matter of just having not seen it in so long or just kind of being just older and less nostalgic about it. And it's like, yeah, you know, I guess it's not as good as, like, I kind of remembered it to be. Um, I didn't end up finishing it. I was kind of, like, bored while watching it. Uh, you know, I went back, watched uh, Halloween 2018, you know, last week or whatever, you know, to bone us all up on, on this one. And uh, I found myself enjoying 2018's Halloween a little bit more when I turned my brain off and I realized, hey, you know what, this is what they're going to call the sequel to the damn first movie. It's, it's as much a fucking sequel to that as you know, as Titanic is to Jaws. Um, hmm. You know, it's not. What? It's, it's not. It's just, it's, in other <laughs> words, you can't look at the Titanic movie in 1997 and call it the fucking sequel to Jaws, right? We know that it's not, it just nope. doesn't, doesn't match. Um, so I look at Halloween in 1978, and I know they want to call this movie, like these movies, the sequels to it, but it's not. Everything has changed about it. This is all a full modern-day style slasher film. This takes more pages from the Halloween sequels than it ever takes from the original Halloween. Halloween is a very yeah. simple fucking stalker <laughs> film. 
I see mm-hmm. people that he wants to kill and spends the rest of the film stalking them. Now, I love that movie. I do, but there's problems with that film, too. You know, like I said to, to, to the king yesterday, I'm like, you know, because I was watching the original Halloween yesterday, and I'm like, it's mm-hmm. funny. Mike Myers, you know, picks up Bob with one hand, holds the man up, up against the wall with one arm, like it's fucking nothing, shoves a knife in the man that proceeds to hold this person up on the wall, defying, you know, pretty much physics and, and gravity, and yet a simple slatted closet door prevents him from getting to Lori. You know, that he couldn't <laughs> open and had to and had to take it apart to get inside there. But oh yes, tight knot. I know. She tied that really <laughs> tight. I mean so what the ghoul is saying right there with the door, uh, Michael proved in Halloween uh, resurrection that he's capable of just walking right through a door like that. Uh, when he walked right through the door in the beginning, trying to get to Lori in the insane asylum, he literally walked right through the door that exploded all around him as he walked through it. He did in Halloween too. Walked in the hospital door. Terminator. Walked through doors. Doors are not a problem so, for Michael. <laughs> just not. When we when we look at these movies, these newer films that we're complaining about. Things like, oh, well, Michael shouldn't do this, and oh, it shouldn't be like that. You know what? Did you have fun watching it? That's really what counts. So I watched it in the theater. We had fun. The kids loved it. I enjoyed it, but like, I felt like while I watched it in the theater, I was so busy analyzing every little thing that like, the movie kind of like, it felt like it took long. So the next morning, yep. I woke up, and I threw it on Peacock, and I was like, you know what? Well, watch this fucking movie again. And man, watching it with complete knowledge of everything that goes on in this film, that movie flies. It's smooth like fucking butter. And it's like murder, 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 blood, eyeballs popping, do this, do that, kill, 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 kill. It's like they were on fucking speed and cocaine. So again, you know, is this truly a sequel to the original Halloween? No. No, there's never going to be anything that matches the original Halloween. Is this movie slightly more fun than the 2018 movie? Fuck yeah, it is, because it's balls-to-the-wall fucking action. There are stupid parts. I can't stand Tommy fucking Doyle in this movie. But you know what? When you get to the end, it don't fucking matter anyway. Evil dies tonight. Evil did die. Evil did die. The people are fucking evil. Yep. There's the real monsters. Okay. <laughs> That's my thoughts on Halloween Kills. So, uh, Dean, what did you think about Halloween Kills? So, I, from the get-go, uh, uh, liked it. And I think, and, and King, you and I had a side discussion about this on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. I, if I remember correctly, upon the release of 2018's version uh, of the members of our show, liked it immediately more than the rest of you. Um, I know some of mm. you have come around to different levels of, of agreeableness on what, how you feel about it. Uh, but what has uh, come for me for Halloween Kills, which I also did watch it for a second time yesterday, um, you know, it's using the term of, of the, that the ghoul just used. Yeah, it's, it's a balls to the wall of violent slasher. Um, there is a lot to nitpick. If you want to sit down and nitpick all the elements of the story and Michael's capability and what type of killer he is throughout the franchise and whatever, like, that's great. There's a, there's, there's room for all of that. But Mm -hmm. if you want to just enjoy the film as a continuing saga of Michael Myers, there's room for that also. 
Um, I really enjoyed it. I liked the level of violence uh, in this particular one. Uh, we, in numerous news segments over the last six to eight months, uh, did I share stories about different uh. cast members repeatedly telling us that it was going to be extremely violent. Uh, with a lot of death, and I feel like they delivered. We were all like, oh, we'll see what happens when it gets here. And I feel like they delivered on all of that uh, that they have said. Now, uh, over the last week or so, I have revisited, uh, with the exception of any minute of Halloween 6, just because it hasn't been on, um, I have revisited, uh, and part three, uh, I have revisited the majority of the films in the Halloween franchise, which I usually do around this season anyway, because that's just what you do. Now, uh, what I am starting to find, and I talked to the ghoul about this last night, is that both the 2018 and Halloween Kills films uh, argue uh, their merit and, and what makes sense and what not, all you want. But to me, they're, they're better made films than a lot of the franchise. Uh, I, was, I watched uh, Halloween 2 from end to end about two weeks ago, and I've seen it a thousand times, but... In, there was just something about watching it this time that it, in a way, uh, came off almost like a boring, like kind of slog to me in, in some parts. Um, I love Halloween 4, and I love Halloween 5, and I always have, but looking at them again, I was talking about the silly car crash, uh, car explosion with you guys a few weeks ago, yeah. and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Michael and the mask just looked terrible in that one in part 5. Uh, part of my love for those films is that, like, I saw them not long after they came out, uh, 1988, 1989, in that era. So we're talking about me being 12 years old and a perfect age to be completely sucked into those as legitimate movies with real deal stories. Uh, I even saw, not Halloween 4, but I saw Halloween 5 in the movie theater. Um, with a close in so, age character, which I think definitely lends to our nostalgia to those movies. Yeah. Without, without, question, to us, without question. Made it completely connectable to us. Halloween 6, like, I've shared my feelings enough, and honestly, I haven't seen, like, a minute of that film in a few years. Uh, H2O, like, Good. interesting story, uh, some cool callbacks and interesting moments, but in a lot of ways, it comes off as, like, a fucking CW slasher film uh, with the dis- direction they chose to go in with the cast of that particular one. And then Halloween Resurrection is just terrible. Uh, and in looking at them, and I feel bad saying this, they come off as, like cheaply made like like low budget movies and I know I've said that a lot about part 6 that it comes off as like a shitty made for TV movie um, but I feel H2O and especially Resurrection like same thing and from reading the Taking Shape Halloween book I know those productions were filled with all kinds of nonsense and all kinds of drama that led to some of the final products there but like 2018, which I will nitpick all day, and Halloween Kills, which I will nitpick all day, um, like, I really enjoy them, and I had a great time with Halloween Kills, especially the second time. It just moves, uh, and the ghoul said this, and, and I paid attention to it when I had it on yesterday, it just moves so fast. It's, like, it's so fast and action-packed, um, silly stuff, of course. Like, I will nitpick it. I have a million nitpicks, but as far as enjoyable level, like, I think I'd probably watch... I, if I had the choice, if they were staring me both in the face and I had to pick, like, H2O versus Halloween Kills in 2018, I'd probably pick 2018 or Halloween Kills. Blasphemous is some horror, fucking... my, my horror fans uh, might, might say that statement is to make. H2O sucks. Thank you. I feel like okay. you're not allowed to say that out loud. 
You, you can no, say whatever you want. That's the thing. That we, we've that, talked about it, though, about fans that. and their opinions. You can say, like, I don't care if you fucking hate Halloween 6 or love it. I don't care if you love Halloween 12 or you hate it. It doesn't matter. It's your opinion. You're allowed to have one. So that's what I say. I don't care. You know, people shit on me all the time because I like Halloween 6. You think I give a shit? No, I still like it. So just say what you want. You know, it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. You know, it doesn't matter. And well, not just that. As far as, my as, far my as opinion, the school saying that it's not like a sequel. Yours. Right, yeah. And as far as the ghoul saying that, the, like, 18 and whatnot, it's, like, not a sequel, like, I do see it as a sequel to the original film. And in, like, 98.9% of cases where movies get the sequel, the sequel is never as good as the original. We could all agree on that, regardless of genre. Um, I thought, I like how I'm not they talking explored... about it, whether it was good or not. My point in that is, is you know, put the movies side by side and look at them as far as tone, atmosphere, yep. And how those movies, they're, they're completely different styles of horror films. You know, so yeah, I understand that it's a sequel. I understand that it's continuing the storyline as far as uh, a script goes. But when you put them side by side, they're really totally two different types of movies. You know, Michael Myers in the original Halloween is a completely different killer than Michael Myers in Halloween 2018. Hmm. Yeah, uh, okay. I, I totally agree. Monkey, what did you think about Halloween Kills? Yeah, man, this movie, um, th- take away the part that everyone's going around doing petitions about right now. Take that part out of the movie completely. And to me, this movie feels more of a direct sequel to the original Halloween movie than the 2018 version. 2018 version, I was not a fan of. I did not like it. Um... And you can just completely disregard that movie, in my opinion. And it's like, to me, this feels more like a, a direct sequel, if you will. Uh, it had several nods to Halloween 2, um, where it felt like they were definitely borrowing off a lot of story there. Um, but, yeah, I, I enjoyed the ride. It was a fun ride. Um, yeah, you know, like everybody else is saying, you know, the, the movie is fucking fast. You know, it's it's just it it goes by so damn fast. It's you know, and I really really enjoyed the ride. I I, I dug the kills. I I enjoyed them going all out because again, like the dean had said, you know, we were naysaying the entire time. You know, because compared to the 2018 version, you know, we were all like, yo, okay, you're gonna bump up the kills. You know, oh so what you're gonna give us like, you know, what seven? You know, but no, they they went out. They went all out, man. And gave us a hell of a ride, gave us a huge body count, and yeah, I was just really enjoying what they did with it. But again, you know, there's the, you know bits and pieces to pick with it. But I definitely felt like this was more in the vein of a Halloween two than the 2018 version was. And I, I really, really enjoyed what they tried to do with this movie. So, King, the floor is yours, brother. <laughs> I mean, you know, speaking as, as, like, the residential Halloween fan that, you know, loves all the movies through their, their, their bads and, the, and their goods and, you know, excluding the, the Rob Zombie remakes because that's its own world. I mean, Rob Zombie created two movies that don't really conclude with this universe. Uh, Halloween Kills made me appreciate Halloween 2018 a little bit better um, than I first gave it credit for because I think that the story is a lot more solid in 2018 Halloween than we get here. Like, it, you really, it just makes you think about how convoluted this entire story is with Michael 
and what his intentions are in Haddonfield, you know, and, and how Laurie kind of plays into it because they take out the whole familial thing, as we know, in 2018. And I didn't mind that so much because this is a woman dealing with 40 years of trauma, and then it all concludes on one night. So this is a continuation of that, like we say, with Halloween 2 by 1981. This movie just wasn't very good. I mean, if you're there for the gore, you're going to have a good time because Michael is unhinged. But, again, this Michael in 2018 was more like the Michael in Halloween 1 and 2, the original 2, where he was a stalk-and-slash killer. He could appear behind bushes and disappear. You know, he kills with a knife or he strangles you. Very simple. You know, and that's how Michael kills. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, this Michael is more in line of, you know, the big brooding guy that's going to smash your doors. He kills people in a mob. He kills people in a firefighting group. You know, it's an unhinged Michael. Um, and that's fine. I mean, that's, that's how you want to have your Michael. That's fine uh, to be that. But I'm trying not to nitpick it too much. But I just, I, there wasn't a story. That's my problem. That's oh, watching Halloween kills. There wasn't a story. This was, <laughs> let's see how many people Michael can kill. This is how many people Michael can kill. That's it. There's no story. There's no fucking point for Michael to be in Haddonfield because we find, you know, as he just goes around killing people. Like, there's no target for him. That's why as, as bad as, as comical as some of the other previous ones were, like four, five, and six, at least there was a threat for what he was fucking doing. Like, he was hunting down his sister because he had to kill her because it's like Judith back in 63. You know, he found out that he has a niece, so he's got to kill her now. So as silly as those stories were, at least there was a story you get legacy characters in this movie that fucking do nothing that are just, there's no point in having these characters there just to remind us that back in 78, uh, some shit went down and Michael was evil and, and we have to fucking get him now. So you get an entire, this is my problem guys. If you remember this before the movie even came out, I said, this is going to be my problem. Somehow you're going to get an entire population riled up over this one particular guy that came back 40 years later to, to kill more people. And all of a sudden this entire town is just breathing fucking fire for Michael Myers. Like, they are shaking ambulances. They are getting all their gear together. They are hunting the streets for Michael Myers, this guy that came back after 40 years. So 40 years That's later, these people... That's a really good point there, King. That's a really good yeah, point I there, mean, and to that I want to see. I, I'm pretty sure that uh, David Gordon Green and co. didn't really know exactly what direction that they were going to go in at the end of... Halloween 2018, and I feel that uh, given how much they explored Lori's trauma as the survivor, I feel like in two, I think in hindsight, maybe they uh, could have used some of 2018 to at least lay the groundwork about uh, the impact that the original events might have had on the town over 2018, because aside from Lori, like we really don't get that sense that it's a wider issue uh, that is festering in people. Uh, and that, yeah, I totally feel that all of that felt so completely rushed, uh, especially Tommy Doyle running around town and just like gathering up people that are hanging out out front of convenience stores and such. Like, go down there by the thing and then let us know and watch by the overpass. And, you know, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah let's go. Uh, you, know, that, um, you know, I think in hindsight, uh, you know, they could have laid some of those ideas out. Uh, that they then then they built upon in 2018, but that didn't happen. So yeah, all of that felt so incredibly rushed. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I appreciate having legacy characters come back, like uh, Lindsay Wallace, played by the original actress Kyle Richards' son. You know, having uh, Marion Chambers, played by Nancy Stevens, come back. That's cool. Having Brackett come back, all that's great. You got me. I love seeing them. But 
give him something to do. Like, Marion Stevens, you met Dr. Loomis <laughs> one night. You met him one night, and Michael grabbed the car and ran off, and that's it. And then that's it for 40 years. But all of a sudden, she's like, oh, Dr. Loomis knew a killer when he saw one. Hey, Michael, this is for Dr. Loomis. Oh, yeah, all right. Yeah. You made that well, point when we were talking. You made well, that you point when we were talking the other night, thing, and that's a, and that is a great point as far as the Nurse Marion character because yeah, like she was just riding with him in the car uh, in the first yep. film, and you know Loomis left and went on his way, and like that was the end of it. You know, like she shows up again in the second film, but like there is no second film anymore. Uh, yep. She just happened nope. to be yep. an unlucky passenger, so for her to be there forty years later, like coming to Haddonfield. You know, when, you know, she was part of, you know, Smith Grove staff, it just, that didn't really make much sense. And, like, I get I get the fan service and wanting to bring these characters back and, uh, in most cases, the original performers. I, I felt the same way about about Sheriff Brackett. Like, he dealt oh, firsthand, uh, he, he dealt firsthand with the destruction in 1978, and I feel like it was a wasted use of him. Uh, in, in this particular film, but the, but it's still yeah. your it's still your time, so I don't want to talk over you. So go ahead. No, it, but I agree. With, like he should have had a scene with Laurie at some point where he goes to her bedside. But no, he just hangs out in the lobby <laughs> and then just says the system failed. Well, how? And that's the, the thing. And, and, and like, uh, I brought I just, that up yeah. with you when we were it, talking it, about it, it the it other night, and that's very true because man. in the. Well, I'm trying to comment on his point based on the conversation that he and I had. I'm not trying to take yeah, over, yeah. but the king and I had a conversation about about Sheriff Brackett, and uh, you know that's one of the points that we brought up in our discussion. Like they distinctly have a scene of him saying quietly to himself, "Lori." After they wheel her into the yeah. hospital, but then it's never followed up again. Like Lori and his daughter were like best friends, uh, and she got killed that night. You would think that he would go talk to Lori or check in on her or something. I just feel like those are the little wasted opportunities uh, that happened here. And I know that the king agrees with me because I know you guys were not privy to our conversation, but these are the things that we were discussing. Yeah, it's exactly what I was what I was talking about. So it's just it's one of those things where I get it. But it brought the story down, you know. It just it brought it down where it's like, okay, well, these, this character needs to have something more to do than just stand in the lobby and say the system failed. You know, Tommy pounding on the walls of Haddonfield Memorial, the system failed. It didn't though. The bus crashed, and the cops are trying to figure out, you know, what to do next. So the system didn't fail. <laughs> They're just trying to figure out where Michael is and how to get him. You know, they, they show the news report about the penguin-looking impatient and Michael escaping. You're going to tell me they didn't put their names up? Like, be on the lookout for Michael Myers and uh, the Penguin? You know, I don't remember his name in the movie. But, but you know, it's just no, one of those weird like, don't you Don't you understand? What we saw in the film is exactly what everybody else saw. So when they looked at that mm. news broadcast, yeah, you saw the Penguin guy, and he looked clear as day. But when Michael's face came up, all they saw was a blurry screen. <laughs> Which makes no sense a news report to show a clear as day picture of this one patient and then they blur out Michael's face like oh no we can't show that one uh, it's got to be a mystery <laughs> yeah, we, we, we can't show you what Michael Myers looks like so nope you can't but you know <laughs> but luckily we're in a bar at Nick's Bar on Halloween night we're fucking watching ventriloquists we're seeing music acts and then here comes fucking sweaty Tommy Doyle folding his arms going you alright guys I'm gonna give it to you straight about Michael Myers alright yeah you know 40 years ago you killed some fucking people. I was there. Yes. By the way, look, there's Lindsay, Marion Stevens over there. Yeah. Hey, Lonnie, what's up? All right. Anyway, he killed people in a white mask. Fuck 
if I'm there on Halloween night and I'm trying to drink and have a good time, I don't want to listen to a bald fucking sweaty guy clearly wants the fucking wall built around Haddonfield wearing his red hat. Tell me about fucking Michael Myers. Like, I'm having a good time. You know, I, I'm aware. Because in this yeah. universe, yeah. how is there not books and movies and podcasts and documentaries out the asshole about Michael Myers? They're like, oh, Michael Myers. Ooh, yeah, because then you'd be entering Rob Zombie's yeah. territory, man, and he tried to show us that. And what did everybody do? Everybody rejected it. They were like, oh, Loomis would never do that. Loomis would never act that way. That would never occur. No, nah, man, if that's that yeah. what would happen. Okay, if Michael Myers was in a fucking facility like that, you know, we would be seeing a special every fucking ten years or so, you know. Where is Michael now? What is Michael doing? Look how many years Michael... And let's not forget, you know, that's exactly how, that's exactly how the 2018 you know, film started. Yeah, <laughs> Yes, but that, that, that was a podcast, though. That's a podcast. That's not like news news. You know what I mean? I'm talking like actual news <laughs> Man. Not yeah, but if you look at our current man. world, well, where do you no get the most of that true crime stuff is on podcasts. Yes, it is. Yep. So I get all my stuff. So yeah, I, mean, it, 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 I don't know. You know, and I like don't I, said, know. Just, I think day, if you had a real life killer walking around with an actual fucking mask on like that, you know, I mean, think about it. John Wayne Gacy fucking throwing around like a fucking clown. And look at the fucking revelry that's behind this motherfucker. I'm sorry, some dude puts on a fucking white mask like that and goes on a killing spree. It ain't like fucking Richard Ramirez, you know, some Hispanic-looking fella sneaking into people's windows. No, this motherfucker's straight out of a movie fucking killing people like that. We're going to be hearing about that all the time. Yeah, that's gonna, and, but, you the know... Media, this, the media's effect on shit, dude, absolutely, it would be fucking bonkers and bananas. But regardless, but this this is a town where they just heard the Michael Myers story tonight, apparently, from Tommy Doyle. And they're like, what? There was a fucking guy that killed people 40 years ago in this town? Well, let me grab my iron, and I'm going to go fucking bash him in the head. Like, you know, it's a, <laughs> all right, you know, that's fine. That was the <laughs> you know, favorite part, man. <laughs> the lady carrying fucking iron, you know, which, you know, but again, it does move fast. It made me appreciate 2018's version more because, you know, if they ended it with Halloween 2018, that ending of them in the truck, you know, that would have been great. That would have been fine. You know, but they decided to do a trilogy. Um, I just can't wait for it to end now. I just, you know, after, like, it left such a bad taste in my mouth because I had so many nitpicks where I was like, are you kidding me with this story that's non-existent? And Michael having no direction. And it's like, oh, he just doesn't kill. And, you know, uh, it's just, it was one of those things where I just had a problem with it. And I saw it the second time and I analyzed it more and it just made me more mad. I watch it on Peacock. So I'm like, well, wait a second. That doesn't make any sense either. Why, why would he do that? Or you know, why, why is it happening like this? And, and Michael can teleport now? Like, I, I, oh, you know, I just I had so many fucking problems where I was like, okay, that's fine. I mean, the, the one thing I will say that I loved is the flashback, the 1978. My favorite part of the movie. doesn't matter how the rest of it went. If I just watch those parts, I'm happy because they were so that fucking was awesome. Well that, that was so really fucking, fucking well done. With the John Carpenter score, because he, he did this one with his son and his son's friend, but that was fucking amazing. The film grain that they actually Phenomenal. talked to Dean Cundy about, to how to do it. So they actually talked to the original cinematographer, Dean Cundy, and how to film it. The uniforms and, of course, you know, our, our replacement, Wilmis, which, chef's kiss, well fucking done. Because I wasn't expecting it. Absolutely. When it happened, I fucking got goosebumps, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to cry. Because there's fucking Dr. Wilmis. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And it I had no idea 
about any of this. You know, be like I always say, I go into blind, I go blind on everything. I don't do behind the scenes. I don't do anything. Um, I originally thought that they had just taken old footage or unused footage and like repurposed it and used a little bit of CGI, maybe uh, maybe an actor and then CGI like a you know a Donald Pleasant head on him. Now, when you told me that that was just some fucking dude and they threw on some makeup and yeah, yeah. I mean, he really nailed it, man. How phenomenal. So great. So, so great. It was so brilliant seeing him again and, and, you know, just seeing him outside the house and just the way he collapses in the doorframe, which just brought up Halloween 2 memories. You know, he just it's a guy that knew the character that he was playing and played it really well. You know, that frantic eye and just you know, looking down at Michael with the gun. Well, fucking Hawkins. You know, uh, I guess I'm the blame for this. Oh, boy. Should have let him die in 78, huh? Well, I guess he's after me. Now. Everybody fucking thinks Michael Myers is after him in this movie. Like, every fucking person. It's like, oh, well, you know, I was running down the street, and I bumped into Michael Myers, so he's after me now. Lonnie, I don't think so. I don't, I don't really think he's, he's after you. <laughs> I think he just wants to fucking go home. And there's, like, a, a gay couple living there, and he's like, I like what you did with the place, but this is kind of my house, so you're getting evicted. <laughs> uh, again, so much fun. Um, but yeah, um, so, so that's it. Like, I, we I, can, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to go into so much spoilers with the kills and then the story and the characters. So go see it for yourself. It's on Peacock. You can go to the theaters and go see it. So definitely check it out and see what you think. Again, to me, if you love it, that's great. If you didn't like it and you kind of like with me, that's fine too. You know, we're all allowed to have our own opinions. But uh, you know, again, I don't want to go into the vitriol that I've seen in these, these Halloween fan groups. So they're like, I loved it. And if you didn't like it, get the fuck out. Like, okay. Yes, sir. I, I, I guess I, I will leave this group because I, I thought it was not a good movie. You know, it's just, again, you know, people are allowed to love things. People are allowed to hate things, you know, but let's talk about it. Let's talk about what we liked about it, what we hated about it. Yeah. Let's just, you know, it, throw that vitriol. Yeah, it was well, fun. And that... the, the, best, the best part is what the ghoul said when, about his experiences it's getting butts in the seats, and it's getting people actually out there to check yep. out horror. Yep. You go ahead. I, I, never, I never have uh, the problem with anybody's, you know, opinion on it. I guess my, my bigger issue is, like, you know, there's a particular person that I, I think there are a few of us that are, are friends with on, uh, on the Book of Faith. And, you know, he's one of those <laughs> yeah. who claims to be like, I remember old school this, I'm fucking that, and I'm fucking cool because all I do is go to fucking cons, and that's my entire life. And, you know, according to, to this person, you know, Halloween kills is shit. And why is it shit? Because it's just shit. It's shit because he says it's shit. It's shit because it's not the movie that he wanted to see. It's not a fucking real Halloween movie. No, it's just shit. You know what, motherfucker? Why don't you actually, like, put together some actual thought? Create an actual idea and stop thinking your retro ass is actually cool because it couldn't be more fucking far from it, dude. And I, yep. and yeah. I've seen the, and I, and I've seen those people's movies and uh, they suck. <laughs> uh, oh no no no! This, this one is not a movie maker. This one's not a movie maker oh, anyway. Oh, he's an actor. This is no. no yeah. oh, oh, he's not even that. Uh, he's not even that. Yeah, no, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, I, I exactly. thought you were talking about a mutual friend of all of ours that happens to be a director. <laughs> no, no we, we, I know who he's talking about, so I get it. But, yeah, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's either complete shit 
or it's, you know, I loved it, or, you know, and then you have the people that are like, well, you're not a true Halloween fan if you don't love this movie. It's like, yeah, motherfucker, I am, because I'm the one that fucking defends Halloween 6. So if anybody's a fucking Halloween fan, it's me, because I fucking love that movie, and I defend it, including part five with the clown music behind the cops. I'll defend it. It's fun. You know, this is just one of the ones I'm just like, ah, didn't do it for me. Didn't move the needle. It actually made me kind of think Halloween 2018 deserves a little bit more respect. Because at least that has a direct story, and Michael's a little bit more Michael. And, and at least, I know you guys said that you think Halloween, Halloween H20 sucks. I watched it last night again. It's not that bad. I, I think they handled Warren's problem. I didn't say that it sucks. I, didn't, I did not say no, that I, it sucks. I say that it sucks. Not, I say that it sucks. I didn't signal anybody I, out. I didn't say I think it's a CW slasher, though. No. But I think that they handled Warren's trauma a little bit better than, than Halloween 2018 did. Yeah, I just, I think they did. Her being a drunk and her moving from fucking Haddonfield to California and being on all these yeah. pills and really just hoping Michael never finds her, I think that's more realistic than having that's a woman Connor. trained for 40 years to be an expert marksman and, like, fucking having some sniper rifles and, and all this stuff. And then fucking Michael comes and she's like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know, just, I don't know. I, I thought having her leave Haddonfield and try to start a new life is much more realistic than I'm going to stay here and I'm going to wait even if it takes 40 years, and then I'm going to make every mistake. I, I don't know. I'm gonna go, I'm, and then I'll co- completely forget all of my training. Yeah, immediately. I will not know how to do anything. Michael could have fucking snapped her neck as soon as he busted through that door. He didn't because we have fucking two more movies. But if this is the one-off, yeah, she would have been dead. Like He would have just snapped her neck and been like, next. Oh, shit, that was Lori. Okay, I guess I'm done. I'll go home now. Oh, what? <laughs> Little John, big jump up here. What the fuck am I going to do? Guess I'll just wait outside and wait for him to go to bed. Can, can I, I move in with day you day guys? <laughs> <laughs> Little John, you got your knife? I got my knife. And I got my knife. You I just, ripped I love it the out fact my that, room. <laughs> I just love the fact that Little John is a fucking pirate. Because you know that Tommy Doyle drives by their house throwing soda cups out their window going, ah, but pirate. Because he's that fucking <laughs> guy. <laughs> That type of douchebag. So yeah. So I, I I don't know. So that that's my thoughts on Halloween Kills. We've given all our thoughts on Halloween Kills. So before we get into the movie tonight, do you have anything you wanted to talk about, uh, the our news wise? Yeah, there are a few different things on the on the docket, if you will. Okay. As we close out our Halloween uh, Kills discussion, but I do want to just add that. Uh, given when Halloween 2018 came out, uh, it was not uh, the COVID world that we are still making our way through. And in 2018, Halloween uh, pulled an impressive $76.2 million. And mm-hmm. Halloween Kills, uh, for its opening weekend, given the COVID world, did also pull an impressive uh, $50.3 million. Uh, some third-party company that examined streaming numbers and such uh, with subscriptions by whatnot claims that uh, around 1.2 million households uh, watched Halloween Kills this weekend on Peacock, and they said that the viewership absolutely skewed uh, about 5% more uh, towards a female audience than a, than a male audience. And again, I don't know what their, what their, uh, what their metrics are, but anyway... Uh, a successful opening weekend for Halloween Kills 
uh, especially given the COVID world that we're living in. So I did want to just bring that up uh, since I knew we were going to be talking about Halloween kills so much at the start of the show. Yep. Awesome. And I have uh, I have some ranking lists that I wanted to share with all okay. of you because uh, it is that time of the year where all of the companies are like, oh, here's the best of this and here's the best of that uh, when it comes to horror. So uh, the folks over at um, Film School Rejects uh, have given their list uh, in order of worst to first of the Friday the 13th series. And I think there might be some surprises here, so I'm just going to run down the numbers real quick. Uh, from worst to first, uh, Jason Takes Manhattan, Jason Goes to Hell, Part 3, Part 5, Freddy vs. Jason, uh, 7, Jason X, 4, 6, the original 2, and they claim the 2009 remake to be the number one Friday the 13th series, so uh, in the series. So, uh, Film School Rejects doesn't really do a whole lot with horror. I do read their stuff kind of regularly, but I just thought that this was such a strange uh, list, uh, a strange order of lists. So I just wanted to share that with you all. Cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Very cool. Uh, the fine folks over at <clears throat> Slash Film uh, put out a list of their uh, of what they claim are the 31 scariest horror scenes. I am not going to list all 31, but I will tell you their top three. Right. Uh, uh, the third uh, was in Hereditary, the, the scene when that character was hanging up in the corner of the room. Uh, their second uh, was the chest-bursting scene in Alien, uh, and they claim that their first, uh, you know, their scariest scene is the lawnmower scene uh, in 2012 Sinister. Uh, which I think makes sense because I think Slash Film is the company that proclaimed uh, Sinister to be the scariest movie ever made. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so okay. uh, one more of these things moving on. Uh, the, the good folks over at Paste Magazine uh, have announced the, their 100 best horror films of all time. Uh, and I'm not going to list 100 movies, but I will tell you, uh, 90, you know, 96 through 100, and then their top five. So uh, their hundredth was The Tingler from 1959. Uh, number 99 was The Blair Witch, uh, the original. Uh, number 98 was Haxon, also known as Witchcraft uh, Through the Ages from 1922. Uh, number 97 was The Conjuring from 2013, and number uh, 96 was The Burning from 1981. And then as far as their best uh, top five, number five, The Thing from 1982, number four, Psycho, number three, Alien, number two, The Shining, and number one, The Exorcist. And I would imagine every single list will have those in the top five, top ten, whatever. But anyway, uh, you know, just all of these things uh, in, like, rapid succession had, like, popped up in my feeds. And I was like, oh, I'm going to check these out and share some of this information with you all my 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 co-hosts and our, our loyal listening audience. So I did want to tell you about those things. Always love lists, you know, and then what <laughs> rankings, you know, things are, where they stand with me and stuff like that. But especially the the scientific ones, like scientifically, uh, you know, Hereditary and Sinister, the two scariest movies of all time. Well, I don't know who are you gauging it on. Somebody that's ever watched a horror movie before, or somebody like me who's jaded and doesn't find anything scary. So interesting how they they think. You know. Yeah, you would hope that it would be. A I, I like uh, of, of different types, but. You know, I, I don't know either. I, I don't know the uh, 
the, the method in mm-hmm. which they, they do gauge that by, you know, is it a matter of just hooking up machines? What are the, uh, what are the demographics of the people that they're, they're checking? I would yeah. love for them Look to hook the king up to one of those <laughs> machines, <laughs> those tests, and be like, we're not getting anything. This motherfucker, like, he feels nothing. He has no emotion or anything. <laughs> he is fucking dead. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. The, the dean brought it up about how there was going to be, like, a contest to have somebody hooked up to, like, a monitor, a heart monitor, and watch, like, 13 different movies for, like, 1300 bucks or something like that. And I was like, it wouldn't work yeah, for me like because that. they'd be like, he's dead. His heart must have stopped. <laughs> no. I mean, he's there. He's half asleep, but he's getting through him. You know, he just, he just <laughs> he'd be like, there. get rid of this fucking guy and, and let's get somebody else in there. <laughs> I mean, he hasn't moved, and he's starting to watch porn on his phone while he's watching it. So I think he's trying to get his heart rate up somehow. You know, so he's rubbing out real quick, guys. I've seen this movie like ten times. I know what happens. Like, ah, oh, damn. But on Halloween kills. That'll piss him off. No, because it'll put me to sleep again. Little John? Big John. Just <laughs> talking about Don't lie, man. Little John, Big John, come on, you're all hard and shit. Like, woo. I was. I mean, I wanted, to see, I wanted to see them fuck and have Michael Myers watch. Like, oh, man, yeah, take, it, take it, little John. Michael, right, what this is you Halloween kills us again. Uh, Michael, Myers shows up, no, Michael Myers shows up in a hallway dressed as a ghost watching. <laughs> I wanted to see Michael go up alive? to Jira's bedroom and start combing his hair. Like, combing the fucking hair of the mask. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing in my picture, Michael? Oh, God, little John. I, I was hoping you wouldn't find me like this. Michael. The king of horror is finally coming clean about the the Halloween kills he hoped that David Gordon Green would have delivered. I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing two dudes slap cheeks while Michael watches. That'd be more entertaining. Like, I don't know. Hey, listen, I'm up for anything. So, you know, I mean, I saw a lot of Halloween kills. Oh, so, my. And that, too. <laughs> Oh, I love the way your hand feels. Is that burnt? <laughs> and plus, I mean, he is a couple fingers tonight. on one hand. <laughs> boners died tonight. Oh, Tommy, what are you doing here? I'm here to film it. I'm going to put this up on my website. MakeHaddenFeelGreatAgain.com <laughs> Oh, that's so odd, guys. <laughs> I know you guys didn't, but hey. Just putting it out there, 2024, am I right? Oh, get out of here, Tommy. Go back in your fucking Miata and drive away. All right. So continuing, Dean, what else do you have? Uh, for the Evil Dead fans out there, once again, um, Sam Raimi and uh, Renaissance Pictures have uh, teamed up with Mystic Museum in Burbank, California, uh, running now through January of 2022, a, a small $15 investment will get you a ticket to experience uh, Evil Dead 40 Years of Fear Immersive Horror Experience. Uh, you will get the opportunity to uh, walk through an immersive Evil Dead experience where you will come face-to-face with many of the props uh, used in the films, uh, photo opportunities for every possible Evil Dead-related uh, occasion uh, and many interactive elements. So apparently they did this once back in 2019 and they're doing it again right now and it's currently running and again uh, here in Burbank, California and Hollywood uh, through January 22nd uh, you will get a chance to uh, you know, check out a live Evil Dead Museum. Alright. 
Sounds very cool. If you're in the area, check it out. All right. So what's next? Uh, we talked uh, last week on this show about the upcoming uh, Hellraiser uh, reboot film for Hulu, as well as uh, the fact that David Gordon Green had said that the uh, HBO Max series that he's working on is in the early stages of development, and a little additional context was given there, and uh, David Gordon Green has now said that uh, the, the scripts for this uh, have not even been written yet, so uh, that's like hmm. we're early stages of development, we'll see what happens, uh, maybe they're even waiting to see if there's any legs or traction or success with the Hellraiser film. Uh, so who knows what's going on there, but it doesn't sound like uh, this is a property uh, or a project that has a lot of energy behind it at this time. Well, he's got a lot on his plate too. You know, with the next Halloween movie and Exorcist, and I think he's doing like a non-genre film in between. So yeah, busy guy. So I'm pretty sure Hellraiser is probably not on his, his uh, you know, his uh, checklist right now. Looking forward to seeing what he comes up with. Maybe that's where Little John, Little Big John went. They show up in Hell <laughs> <laughs> Hang out with Trent. Hang out with Trent's <laughs> Yeah, could be an extended universe. Michael shows up, maybe. Who knows? But all right. All right, so moving on. What's next? Week? The. <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so coming up next. Um, apparently we do still do not have the official release date for Stranger Things Season 4, but we know it's coming in 2022, and Stranger Things mm-hmm. and Walmart and the audio company Crossley have teamed up uh, for a 1980s-style cassette player uh, bundle. Uh, their 80s mm-hmm. cassette uh, tape uh, is a, opera- a fully operational tape deck AM, FM radio, as well as Bluetooth speaker. Uh, it comes with a, uh, a, a variety of Stranger Things-themed stickers to decorate your cassette deck, and it also comes with a cassette uh, that has a recorded voicemail uh, from someone involved in Stranger Things for uh, giving some information and details about the upcoming season. Uh, this is quite the expensive uh, product, it sounds like, yeah. coming in at $65. $65. Uh, you know, I do not buy any Stranger Things anything, but I certainly wouldn't be spending $65 on a, on a, on a, on a small cassette player. Uh, but, uh, you know, there are people out there that are obsessed and love Stranger Things, and, you know, they'll probably move some units, and uh, good for them that they get to hear a voicemail from a mystery uh, Stranger Things-involved uh, person. So uh, that is what's going on currently in the world of Stranger Things, and uh, hopefully it's, we'll have a release like date a, for season four at some time soon. It's like calling a 900 number in the 90s. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's yeah, it's a, if, it, if it was cheaper, I'd pro- yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it was cheaper, I'd probably buy it, but no, it's just 65 bucks a little bit much, but it definitely takes you back to the days like in the late 80s when Ghostbusters had LPs that you could buy, and they would have like special contests and stuff like that. It, Kind of like a tie-in to the cartoon show and also the movies because this is right around the time Ghostbusters <laughs> Two was in theaters. So yeah, and, and the storybook and records. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah the the pictogram like thing, the stickers. Yeah, I miss it. I, I, I still have kid. my Empire. I, I still have my Empire Strikes Back storybook and records. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
Yeah. So it's like it's getting into the nostalgia factor, which I appreciate. You know, getting you back into the 80s with, uh, you know, Stranger Things when it comes out next year. Um, so if you're interested and you got the cash, there you go. All right. So, Dean, what's next? Uh, I will tell you what's next, King of Horror. Uh, what's next I love it. is that uh, speaking mm-hmm. at the Rome Film Festival, uh, as questions were being asked of him, uh, Quentin Tarantino, uh, who has long said his 10th film is going to be his final film, uh, you know, mm-hmm. as he usually does, uh, said that it is possible uh, that a Kill Bill 3 uh, could be his 10th and final film, but he also said that first he would want to make a comedy uh, in the vein of a spaghetti western where all of the different performers are speaking in different languages and whatnot. Um, who knows what? if any of this information uh, means <laughs> anything. Uh, you have to remember that over all of the years, even when there wasn't a potential, uh, even when there wasn't a potential final film on the horizon, uh, Quentin Tarantino, uh, you know, it, it always talks about all kinds of projects that have ne- never come about. But when you said what monkey, he said the Mexican bandito is an Italian, the hero is an American, the bad sheriff is a German, uh, the Mexican saloon girl is Israeli, and everybody is speaking a different language, and the actors just know. Uh, okay, when he's finished talking, then I can talk. You know, the way many of those spaghetti westerns were put together, apparently. Um, yeah, that's so, how they were. Uh, but over the years, over the years, uh, Tarantino has talked about doing his Vega Brothers uh, film with uh, Michael Madsen and John Travolta. Uh, he's talked about wanting to do a horror film. Uh, he always talks about different things that never come about. So it will be curious to see when a 10th film finally gets announced. And we'll, it'll be also interesting to see if he really sticks to that. Uh, so yeah. um, just wanted to share that because, you know, that's the information that he was given uh, to the, you know, to the press asking him questions at the Rome Film Festival. Well, oh, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just going to say, doesn't he, I, I mean, I've heard him himself claim that Kill Bill 1 and 2 are one movie. So how yep, would Kill Bill 3 be the 10th film? He counts 1 and 2 as one film. So if he makes a third, it's just going to be part of that film. 2.5. Oh, loopholes. <laughs> <laughs> He'll find a way around it, I'm sure. You know, but, I mean, whatever he does, I'm like watching it, so it doesn't matter. I know one time he said he wanted to make a gangster film after his Western. So who knows? I just I love the way his mind thinks because he's like a fucking kid. Where like every three seconds he changes his mind about what he wants to do. Now I'm going to fucking do a Kill Bill 3. Uh, you know, actually, I want to do a movie about Prohibition. <laughs> you know, like, oh, whatever you do, man, do it. But I love it. I'm here for it. Like, maybe I'll do Pulp Fiction Part 2. Who knows? Maybe I'll do a Vegas well, movie. See, now, see, if he wants to actually stop doing movies, the way he loves to tell a story and the way he likes to go the long way about telling a story, I would really like to see him do a series or two. Well, I mean, he did say he wanted to do a podcast. Yeah, once he's done with filmmaking. I would subscribe. No, he's talked about fighting. I'm talking about, like, actually. Oh, Okay. But, but, yeah, I was just talking about him actually giving a shot at, you know, d- doing, a, a, you know, a television series or something. You know, like, if he has oh, an idea, oh. 
for a spaghetti western or something like that. You know, give him an eight-episode miniseries. Yeah, he already said he wants and, to do martial law, so that could be a series. Or martial bounty, you know, from what's uh, time in Hollywood. Bounty law. That could be his, his win. Bounty law, that's it, yeah. But, yeah, that's his. Uh, that's the series he wanted to do for a while. So, what's, I mean, he might do it. Who knows? I'd watch it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to see Tarantino do a series. <laughs> you know? Hell, yeah. But, again, to, I'll watch anything he fucking does. So, it <laughs> doesn't really matter. Good the bad. I'm there for Tarantino. I, just, I love his style, and I love how he directs it. So we'll see what he does after his final film. But All right. So what else do you have, Dean? Uh, what else do I have? That's a very good question. I'll tell you what else I have. Uh, tell me. I, I know that <laughs> the uh, Slumber Party Massacre reboot film aired cool. uh, recently on the Sci-Fi cool. Network. And, sure uh, you know, apparently uh, it aired on Sci-Fi and... Uh, apparently it was on demand for like a minute, but it's completely gone. <laughs> yeah. uh, I was not able to find any other scheduled airings on Sci-Fi, and already mm-hmm. uh, it is up for rent or purchase uh, on Amazon, where you can rent it and watch it, or you can purchase it digitally. Uh, there's no an information about any physical media, although Shout does hold the North American distribution rights. Um, I've seen, I have not seen it. Uh, King, you told me it's, I'm not missing anything. I've seen some good reviews. No. I don't know. But I'm just surprised that, uh, you know, sci-fi is not giving more opportunity uh, for people to see this film. Yeah, well, I mean, they had their chance. <laughs> I, mean, it's a, I mean, I've seen positive reviews, but I, I wouldn't air that again. That was a mess of a movie, but that's just, you know, <laughs> my opinion. I mean, my, my hopes are not high. <laughs> no, nor should they be. I mean, it's, you know. It, it, it's fun in its moments, but it reminded me of a 1313 movie in a lot of ways, which if you've ever seen a 1313 movie, it's just, it's heavy on the homoeroticism, you know, for humor and for, you know, the plot. Uh, and Ooh. it kind of takes its cues from Black Christmas from 2019, where it's very much in that realm of girls rule, boys suck. Like, you know, and this is why, you know, and it's just, all right, that's cool. <laughs> I, you know, I, I get the message. It's fine. <laughs> uh, it just it takes a turn. Halfway through the movie, we were like, "Fuck!" Like this, I got a half hour left. The movie's over, and then it just fucking keeps on going. And you're like, "Well, where are they gonna?" Oh, uh, huh? Oh, okay. All right. Uh, sure. And then you know, it, I don't know. For a movie that was so short, it felt like it was two different movies playing at once. I was like, I, I don't know. Like, how could you mess up a silly little slasher like *Some Reporting Massacre*? I, I don't know. <laughs> and too many, uh, too many cooks in the kitchen with that one. But if you do get a chance to watch it, you know, hopefully you enjoy it. I just, for me, I have to stick to the original. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's. I mean, hopefully you can find it, you know, uh, Dean, and you can watch it and let me know what you think. But. Yeah, to me, I, I watched it on Saturday night when it premiered, and I was like, thank God it's over. Okay, I saw it, you know, made it, uh, survived and thrived, as Marie likes to say, and uh, yeah, and I'm better for it. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm more in tune with my feminine side. Like, I, too, would like I'm, to have a pillow fight. so cute! I know, I, I bought myself a negligee that very night off of Amazon, and I was like, you are looking good, girl. You know? <laughs> Then I had a pillow fight by myself and I went to bed. <laughs> oh, that's so fucking sad. 
<laughs> it's not sad if you have an imagination. <laughs> in my imagination, I had a ton of my girls over, and we listened to Tiffany, and we dished about boys, and then we ate a bunch of pizza, and then we went to bed at a reasonable time because we had to get up the next morning for church. Uh, oh, man. You, you used your powers to crash the little girl's slumber party again, didn't you? Is that, is that what you no, did? No, I'm not allowed, okay? I got in trouble <laughs> once for that. I'm allowed back. It turns out you can't crash a slumber party and start talking about Michael Myers for a half hour. It's, it's shunned upon. I brought my own sleeping bag, too. I thought they would appreciate Somebody that, but apparently they don't. Again. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just I, You know what? Don't leave a window open and have a slumber party at the same time. Because I'm for it. I love ice cream and pizza, and I like gossip. What's the hot gossip? Is that, you know, who's the hot people in school? <laughs> the king loves him some Jiffy Pop. <laughs> oh, man, do I. And I love wearing pink socks and dancing to music on the radio. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know I'd have a good Saturday night. That's me. Oh, if you like TikTok, hey, (laughs) let me show you this video by Ghost. (laughs) Oh, they're going to love Hunter's Moon. They're going to be like, oh, he's so cute. Look at him. Papa Meredith the fourth, you sexy little beast. Oh, he's my favorite of all ghosts. Who's your favorite name with school? Come on, Susie, tell me who. Stop screaming, okay? It's getting a little weird. No, talk no, about no, no, what else <laughs> Just because I want him to say how hot Satan looked in that one photo, everybody freaks out. I'm like, come on. He has a fucking ass you want to clap. Come on, girls. You can't tell me that Satan doesn't look good in that photo. Come on, big guy. He's got a robe. Yeah, you just crack it. One time for Satan. One time. <laughs> clap those cheeks. You're it's making me so horny when you go biblical. <laughs> oh, man. Can't show you why, him, why they call him Lucifer. <laughs> Stress on the loose. This is why I can't have some reports anymore. <laughs> so, Dean, do you have anything else before we get into the moon group tonight? I do not. Oh. Hashtag sad. But there's always <laughs> next. Oh, look at All that right, segue. So, we do have the movie for tonight. This is the Dean's Pick, Hashtag Alive from 2020, directed by Ocho. So let's get into it, Ocho. Dean. What's the movie about? What do you think? O- Ocho Cinco? Is it Ilcho? Ocho? I don't know. It, it, it said Ilcho. I thought I said it right. Ilcho Xiang or Wang. What are we, what are we watching? Dodge... Are we watching Dodgeball? Yes, in Ocho. All right. But Dean, the floor is yours. Let's have it. Yes. So... Stranded after a plane crash in the Andes Mountains, individual members of Uruguay's rugby team respond differently. Group leader Nando tries to keep everyone's spirits up. Medical student Roberto diligently treats cases of frostbite and gangrene. Loose cannon Antonio gradually loses his composure, and once all available foodstuffs runs out, the group faces a terrible dilemma. Eat one or more of their deceased teammates or die. That's fucking awesome, Dean. I watched the wrong movie again. Well, I'm out. All right. See you next week. We have some... some... That was so awesome. Uh, Released just last year, we have some South Korea. Hashtag Alive, directed by Il Cho, starring Yoo Ah In and Park Shin Hai. Uh, 
Hi. This is a film, uh, another <laughs> Hello. in the long line of zombie films where uh, the zombie outbreak ravages uh, this South Korean city. Uh, and uh, Jun Woo uh, locks himself inside of his apartment. He has many connections through his social media channel. And uh, as he uh, carries on in his apartment and loses power and loses food uh, and starts to hit the bottle, starting with a fine whiskey, he started with the Balvin. I don't know if anyone noticed, but um, mm-hmm, uh, it's just when he starts to give up hope uh, of surviving uh, and, and starts to become suicidal, uh, another survivor across the way appears, and it's a race against time. Uh, for a, a greater survival from the threat uh, that is closing in all around them uh, as the outbreak spreads and uh, the zombies below become more and more agitated. Mm. All right, so what do you think, think of it, man? Uh, I kind of liked it. Um, you know, there's been a million uh, zombie movies, and we've covered so many of them on the show, but I kind of like the ones that are uh, a little bit smaller in scope as far as, like, characters, when there's not, like, a group of characters with each one having a particular stereotype or not. The fact that this was centered basically on uh, one character uh, and then two uh, was interesting to me. I can't remember what it was called, and I'm pretty sure it was my pick, but uh, I didn't even realize this when I chose this film, but there was another, like, similar film about, I think it might have even been a French film, Monkey, uh, about a oh, character, um, yes, it uh, was. singular, uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, trying to survive singularly. Um, but anyway, yeah, I kind of liked it. Um, there was some good stuff here. There was some funny stuff. Um, you know, like a modern take with the technology and everything. Um, not the greatest zombie film, of course, but it, it was pretty good. I liked it. Okay. And go, what do you think about Hashtag Alive? Generic. You know what I mean? This really felt like it's. It felt like every other film of this ilk that has come out in like the five, last five years. I mean, you have one of two types of zombie movies these days. You either have these big feature, all these fucking walkers, zombies, you know, bunch of people, bunch of stereotypes, all this and that, or you get a comfortable, personable story told internally of one or two people and their struggle to survive within this world that they now live in. Um, I mean, this movie had some decent... They had some decent parts in it, but for the most part, I kind of found myself just watching the clock, not just wanting it to go. I mean, I ended up watching the... uh, I didn't do it on purpose. It's just how it went, but, like, I watched the English dub of the movie. Um, Normally, I would watch the, uh, you know, the the subtitle... With the, the with the actual, you know, with the actual vocals going on, but uh, for some reason I felt like mixing it up and doing something different, and uh, and yeah, I mean, I guess it was just uh, yeah, it just it just was. How was the quality? How was the quality of the uh, dubbing? Uh, it was serviceable. It didn't put it this way. It didn't throw me so far out of the movie at any point that I was like, man, I got to go back to the regular, you know, to the regular dialogue mm. track. So, uh, I was able to just All right, cool. deal with it. I enjoyed it. Okay. Monkey, what would you think about Hashtag Alive? Uh, yeah, I 
yeah, kind of like the Google was saying here is, you know, we have another one of these introspective films about who you are during a zombie apocalypse, who you really are, you know, and, excuse me, um, you know, and you will to survive in this kind of environment. And I, me personally, I just don't get these kind of movies. I don't, even if we were watching the other Alive movie, I don't get survival kind of movies. Um, you know, where, you know, what, where is your will to live? You know, why do you have such a great will, you know, and to sit there and go through all this shit to survive? Like, for fucking what? It's a fucking zombie apocalypse. What the fuck have you got to live for? You know, go out, have some Life. fucking fun, you know, mix some, what? <laughs> sit, sitting in a fucking, you know, in, in your fucking apartment doing literally nothing? It's like, go out, have some fun, do some shit, you know, but that's not this movie. Yeah, I'm just saying if it was me, like, I would have gone out. How can you go out and have some fun and do some shit when the streets below are crawling with fucking rabid fucking zombies that are trying to tear them apart? What fun is he going to go out and have? What have you got to lose? What have you got to lose? What are you fucking living for? There's nothing. Okay, see, I don't have that kind of fucking will. It's like, I I just fucking throw myself off the fucking top of the building. Fuck that. (laughs) <laughs> um, Come on, man. This we all movie, know you, like, you would be the character stereotype that would have to go off on the trek to go get to your child. You know, that would be the whole thing for you. You know, like that, that is your archetype, man. Yeah, but just That's sitting there. <laughs> ah. Anyway, um, I think this movie would have, like, you know, giving this scenario of where what was going on. All right. I think this movie would have been more interesting of as we start to get you know introduced to the other character that's in the movie it had popped up to where maybe you had different people on different floors and then you had more interaction going on other than just two people if it had been someone else on another floor also surviving someone else over here surviving you know in, in this little block of apartments you know and communicating back and forth you know giving us a little bit more broader scope than just these two, I think that possibly would have been a little bit better of a story. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, good point. Very good point. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I mean, I agree with all the points that have been already stated, uh, that it is kind of generic and, and just another zombie movie. You know, this one just happens to be in South Korea, uh, and I think that's where Train from Busan came from, if I'm wrong. I yeah. think that's also South Korea. Um, so yep. this is like a, a different vibe of a South Korean zombie movie. This is like, you know, this is what they're doing. Um, and I don't know if it's just the language barrier and the culture of South Korea. Um, I don't mind small cast movies. I don't. Like, sometimes I can appreciate it, like the Dean had said. Sometimes you don't always need a big group. Sometimes the you battery. just need two. Um, the battery. That's what I was going to say is that I Perfect fucking example. love the battery. I cannot say enough good things about that fucking movie, and it's just two people roaming the countryside, looking for supplies, and there's zombies around. You know, so I don't know why I didn't like this any more than I love the battery. I just, I think maybe it's just the language barrier, maybe because the characters really didn't do much. Um, I also don't like fast-moving zombies. I never have. So it's like, oh, okay, again, they're fast. And they go, you know, fucking like rabid fucking animals, you know, running through the street. I don't like it. I just, I don't need it. But it's the thing. I mean, that's what people do now. They make fast-moving zombies because ever since that, the Snyder made Dawn of the Dead. It's like, let's make them fast. Like, let's just make them run. And it's like, okay, I guess. I mean, 
But then they have this thing where they don't really know what to do with the zombies. Like they, they kind of give you an. Well, that's not that's zombies. That's not zombies. Yeah. But yeah, no, I agree. I agree. That's a great example. Twenty days later, they're fast. But again, I give that a little bit more lenience because they're they're mutants. They're not zombies. But um, yeah, like they don't. They give you an explanation as to why they are uh, zombies, and they they do the Romero thing of cannibalism, and and these people are are just going off. But then they have the thing where it's like, well, oh, it, it's night, so I guess I can go outside now because there's no zombies. But then there are zombies outside, and they are kind of moving around. But then in the daytime, for some reason, they're kind of crazier. I, it, it was just they didn't really know how to explain it. And I think maybe it's just the language barrier, you know, but they just and how like a hard time figuring out why they were more active during certain parts of the day. You know, at least like with Dead Rising, the video game, when it becomes nighttime, that's when they get fucking, you know, red eyes and they attack you. So it's like, okay, that's why they're more amped up because it's nighttime. But this one didn't really do it. Oh, Jun Wu, the main character, it's like, has he ever seen the outside of his bedroom? Because it seems like he's just confused by, like, the outside world. Like, he doesn't quite understand it. Like, he's just, uh, oh, there's more than just YouTube? Like, there's people outside? Well, like, that's, that's fucking crazy. Because in, I don't because know, in I don't his know world, that, but I think that he's isolated in his thing, world yeah. and he's confused about what's going on out there. I don't know how closed off he is completely in the day-to-day to to the outside world. He's obviously someone who, uh, like many people in society, spend a lot of their time on social media and games and gaming and all of that stuff. But I think that when all of a sudden you peek outside and all hell is broken loose, then you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, and and because the one thing I will give it to this movie is that it starts right away. Like, they don't really waste any time where it's like, oh, there's a guy that got bit. He's walking around, and all of a sudden, he's patient zero. This movie kind of throws you right into it, where people are fucking running for their lives, and he wakes up one day, and he's like, oh, shit. Like, what the fuck is going on? The news reports don't really know. But then they kind of play that thing of you don't really know how long it takes you to turn into a zombie, because they see the little girl outside. She walks up to her mom, and her mom's like, oh, great, you're, you're awesome in your home. And then all of a sudden, she just goes, ah, fucking just attacks her. When the that next story comes in, he... <laughs> He's bit, and he's like, oh, shit, let me in. He's like, oh, what's going on? He's like, it's fucking crazy out there, man. Like, oh, there's fucking people are, you know, biting people and all this stuff. I just have to use your bathroom real quick. And that's when he hears a report, and he's like, oh, shit, this guy's bit. And he's like, no, I'm totally cool, man. Like, you know, don't don't throw me out. Then he starts doing, like, fucking popping and locking, and his eyes turn red, <laughs> and veins start popping all over his face. And all of a sudden, he looks in the mirror, and he's like, oh, shit, I'm a ghoul. And he's like, rah, 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 rah. you know, a lot of that, a lot of that. <laughs> And he's like, get get out of here, get out of here, zombie! And just you know, kicks him out of the. the <laughs> get out of my his, house, zombie! <laughs> yes, that's what it was like. <laughs> yeah, and he, you know, he puts the refrigerator in front of the door, and he's like, oh, okay, uh, where are my parents? And then he finds out that they they are in uh, the father's office, and they're going to be okay. But obviously, Wi-Fi is not the greatest, so he has time to play video games. He's like, yeah, just take a fucking break and play some fucking video <laughs> games for a while. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> just rip. Real the chill. Would be like, but, fuck yeah. And then all of a sudden, yeah, the internet like, goes down. He's like, morning, fuck, why is, it, why is the internet down? It's like there's a fucking invasion or something happening outside. Ah, fucked up. Was, oh, that's, <laughs> that's right. There's zombies. That, that sucks. <laughs> well, I guess it's time for a nap. You know, and when he wakes up, you have this cop outside by herself, and she's like, oh, wow, this is fucked up, dudes. There's fucking zombies everywhere. It's just when they start attacking, he's like, hey, motherfuckers, hey, mother!" Like, that's really going to stop them. Like, they have food. And I love the fact that they dragged her underneath the overpass. 
But there's even more zombies. Like, oh, food! Hell yeah! These guys got the right <laughs> idea. They dragged dinner to us. <laughs> yeah, but see, they're starting to, you know, in their little bits that they're showing, they're showing that there is a community, you know, like, or hive mind, if you will, of the of the zombies or the infected or whatever you want to call them in this movie because they don't call them zombies. You know, they just say the no, infection. No. Yeah. Yeah, they just they call me infected. Eventually, the you know the TV goes out because the internet goes out, and he, mm-hmm. you know, he tries to upload some videos, and he's like, "Wow, this stuff is like crazy. What's going on outside? I mean, I don't really know what's happening, but you know, try to figure out what's going on." And then throughout time, after he's drinking that whiskey and just kind of slumming on the couch, that's when he's like, "Wow, I guess I need to fucking eat at some point, and <laughs> maybe some water might it might help." Um, but just as he's he's beginning to hallucinate and he's beginning to see his sister and his parents, that's when the phone lines get restored. And then he has to fucking parkour his ass out the window to fucking hear the last voicemail from his parents. Oh, <laughs> let me hit the, voice, the let me hit the voicemail it, button it, real quick. It, it, it was a it was a heartwarming message. It was like a message. <laughs> Yeah, that part I love. It was. Just him. Oh, oh, I got a voicemail. Yeah, yeah. And it's just, oh, it's just the horrendous voicemail. Just everything going wrong. Mom and dad getting chomped the fuck up. And it's just, you know, it's just great audios of <laughs> just, just an, an infected attack happening. It was <laughs> It was great. Just you know, watch, watching, 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 his, and watching his face just go from bad to worse. Like, what? Yeah. What? What? <laughs> You just hear the I father going, like, oh, I didn't reach him. <laughs> Go ahead, Gould. <laughs> now, I like some of the things that they intimated with this as far as the uh, the technology aspect of everything. I just wish it was something that they could have figured out. I don't know, maybe just a more creative way to, like, showcase these things and how, like, maybe maybe not make him the depressive loser character, but instead make him a more... You know, I don't know, something more, in, you know, just a bit more of a genius or yeah. something, let's say, to where it could have been a little more fun and, and, and not such a, again, if they would have went that route with it, taking it, maybe how, like the monkey said, making this more of a fun film as opposed to just the, yeah. the, the regular stereotype of like, well, I'm in a zombie apocalypse. What am I going to do? Oh, nothing. Oh, look, people getting killed. Oh, I see somebody. Maybe there's hope. Nope. They got what am I going to do now? Like, maybe, like, I like the things that he did with, like, the, uh, with the drone and stuff like that. Like, that stuff yeah, I found yep. interesting and entertaining. You know, I wish that they could have explored that a little bit more. And, Monkey, honestly, like, yeah, I, I love the Raid Redemption. Um, your idea of him having to go from, like, floor to floor or whatever, that would have been fucking phenomenal, yeah. man. Like, if they come up with, like, you know, just, like, maybe they needed to get to the roof. And the idea was is we had to get from the lowest floor of this fucking building to the top floor to get our fucking asses evacuated. Yeah. And this is the storyline as we're as we're making our way up to get there. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and they uh, do again. some of that. Yeah, yeah, they do some of it but, yeah, towards the end, you know, you know. But uh, yeah, it's just it's a very boring character doing a lot of boring nothingness for a chunk of this movie, where he's just by himself and he's getting drunk and then he's eating some food and then he runs out of food and then he's like, well, what the fuck am I gonna do? I guess. You know, until the internet gets restored and he hears that voicemail where his dad's like, oh, hey, uh, so some chill yeah. stuff is not happening at the moment. 
uh, I hope you're home and, uh, you know, safe. And the mom's like, oh, is he home? I hope. And all of a sudden, what's that? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. There needed to be a shot <laughs> where he had, like, a fucking, like, an obscene, obscene, like, pile of tissues. Like right next to the bed. You know, in that kind of situation, you know, if you're just sitting there playing video games, then guess what? You're doing two things. You're playing video games and you're jerking off. Because that's about all you got left in life at this point of the zombie apocalypse. I mean, if if I'm going to be trapped, yeah, that's fucking one of the first things I'm going to do is just fucking lay around and jerk off all day. Like, like, I don't have to go to work anymore. The fucking world's over. You know, yeah, I'm going to do what the monkey did, and I'll probably go out. And then before, I'm going to have a good sesh and then pack up some water and fucking go check out what's going on downtown, you know, and, and hope I don't get killed. And if I do, so what? Oh, well. Like, you know, but I don't know if I'm just going to sit yeah. up in a room and then just kind of drink and then just be like, oh, I guess we'll do more of that tomorrow. Yeah, but also, if you're trying to do the survival mode and you're actually trying to survive, and we get to the point where he does start to go check other rooms, but it's only because of the other person across the way. All right, why aren't you sitting there looking for your own fucking supplies anyway? If you're trying to survive, it's like, you didn't fucking think to, like, get something, yeah. like, you know, he, you know, he, he's only got, you know, a fucking golf club in there. It's like, you know, I'm like, fuck, you have no other better weapons in the apartment than just a shitty-ass golf club, yeah. but okay. <laughs> but, well, and no, again, you know, they don't... They, they, yeah. They don't really tell you how old he is either. Use some fucking you know, knives. Let's remember. <laughs> yeah. He had one earlier. South Korea is not America. Like, the citizenry there is not loaded <laughs> head to toes with fucking weapons in every corner of their fucking house, right? Like, but but he had a big ass well. chef knife earlier. That had to have worked better than a golf club that gets beat up, like, after five years. Yeah, with a, golf club, <laughs> with a golf club, you can keep a little bit more distance. Yeah. Um, it's true. And did anybody think, though, when he, when he, like, loaded up to, like, leave his apartment and go searching around and put that hat on because of the color of the hat, did anybody get Glenn vibes from, like, the early season of Walking Dead? Yeah, a little bit with that red hat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he definitely had, like, you know, flashes to him. And plus, he was a scavenger. Glenn was the guy that can get you to, you know, wherever you need to get to and with his stuff. But, yeah, I, yeah, obviously, like the team said, South Korea is not America. You know, he's not going to be like, fuck yeah, fucking grab a shotgun from out of nowhere and just crank the Leonard Skinner and drive around in a pickup truck. <laughs> yeah. I'm not you saying know, grab a shotgun. I'm <laughs> saying grab whatever weapons you can, and especially when he's going over to that other apartment to look for supplies. It's like once he sees that zombies are out and stuff like that, take some chef knives and fucking stab them in the fucking head and take care of shit. You know, and then you can sit there and take your time in the apartment and grab all the supplies you need. Those things are violent, man, and knives are stick and shit, bro. What stuff that's going to keep distance from you? I mean, you're going to obviously keep a, a, a knife on you for, for the stabbing purposes, but, you know, I know I, I love how TV movies, they make it look so easy, but, man, it ain't that fucking easy to really get the bone, man. Um, but, but regardless of all that, the whole, the whole look of... Uh, of the character that that very well may have been a nod to Steven Yen. He's uh, he is of Korean could descent, be. so so they could have very well done that on purpose because he really did. He really did look like him in those sequences. Yeah, in a lot of parts. And then he looked like an extra in a Fast and the Furious movie. That blonde hair. By the even, the whole cheap. movie's concept. Somebody might have pitched this as being like, this is what Glenn went through when the fall <laughs> just happened. You know. Maybe. 
could be, uh, you know, if he was in South Korea at the time. Um, but, yeah, it, it, I think it also has to do with a lot of his naivety because uh, we don't really know how old he is. I mean, so he could be, like, 16, 17 years old. So he doesn't really know any better. So it's not like one of those things where he's like, oh, fuck, I need water and I need food and I need this to survive. So he's just fucking hanging on by a thread. And then when he hears his parents are dead, he's like, well, time to check out. And, you know, doing the right thing, you know, hanging himself. So he doesn't have to be around anymore for this. But, of course, that's when he sees a laser pointer, you know, pointing to different things and saying, don't do it. And he's like, oh, shit, there's somebody else. Oh, I have somebody else to talk to. Cool. So he he managed to get out of he manages to get out of the, the, his hanging, and then we get introduced to Kim Yoo Bin, uh, who's living in the, uh, the apartment building opposite his. So they kind of form a, a little bit of a bond. But he's of course like, huh? girl, uh, oh, pretty. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm like, yeah. okay, all right. You know, have you ever seen a woman before? They do exist no, no. outside of, of your bedroom. Yeah, you but know, I'm they, sure they do live out there. You can, you can touch I'm feeling anytime. No. And nope, I, I, no, I'm stealing the ghouls line here because yeah, she was just so, so smoking hot. <laughs> she was. <laughs> yeah, but still, like you would think, like oh wow, she's hot, and then you'd be like, oh hey, like you know, my name is Ojun Wu, and like hey, like you know, you survived too. That's cool. Instead, he's like, uh, 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 like you know, fucking moving his mouth and like not does forgets how to talk. And I'm like, okay, okay, so, you know, she's hot. You're seeing her. She's a survivor, but. Learn how to fucking talk, like you know. But instead, he uses his uh, tablet, you know, to say, "I'm, I'm, you know, uh, young woo woo." And you know, she's like, "Okay, hey, I'm this." And he's like, "Okay, what do we do now?" Uh, I'm hungry. I'm okay though. Oh, you're hungry? And then they set up a, a zip line to kind of share food back and forth, which I thought it was creative and I liked it, so I wasn't gonna knock it, you know, because how else you're gonna get back and forth for you know what you need? To set up a, no, a, a fun zip line. Yes, and that's what I was talking about is you had more people in, in here, and then you could be running lines all over the place and everybody helping each other out and, you know, building a community, you know, in this little movie. And she became like, you know, the like a very you know sweet character who, you know, got him food and moved it over to him. And then, again, like we talked in the early days with Dean picking movies about food, we have our ramen scene where they're discussing how they make ramen. You know, and it's like, I don't know, me, I just throw it in the fucking microwave and I wait, then it comes out and it's food. Like, they're like, oh, no, you got to put fucking spices in it and different things. And I'm like, oh, it's nice. Well, yeah. You know, they're, they're, yeah, I mean, it's fucking ramen. Like, I was well, so impressed by the fucking ramen. Like, American ramen. better than when you color it out of your microwave, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, because their fucking ramen is like actual fucking good ramen. It, big packages of noodles. I, I never make like fucking top ramen here. Who makes ramen in the microwave? I always do. Because I'm a fucking sad person who lives alone. King does not use his soap. I've I've tried to teach him. He does not use his soap. I use it on occasion. I use it to light cigarettes. (laughs) So there's a use for it. I mean, you know, and and occasionally I make soup on it. (laughs) Occasionally. I mean, no, but my my microwave is the big boss. So, you know, yeah, because I make top ramen a lot. It's easy to do, and it's nice when you're fucking drunk at 2 o'clock in the morning and eat food. Pop a couple packages of top ramen. You're fucking set, my dude. Because it'll fucking sop yeah, up all that alcohol and you go to bed. Just boil some fucking water, man. Mix that shit I can't up. be trusted around stoves when I'm fucking hammered. I can barely get myself over to the microwave when I'm fucking hammered on Saturday night. I am not trusting myself to turn on the fucking stove. 
Because my luck, I'll leave the fucking house and I'll pass out in the kitchen floor. Pretty his, solid. His fucking, his fucking apartment would go up into like a fucking fight club. <laughs> yeah, really, no fucking open flames in my apartment. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, you know, I don't want it to happen. So, you know, no, ramen, when I make it, I fucking toss it in a microwave safe thing. I throw it in the microwave. Three minutes, it's done. I eat it, and it's over. Like, there's no, like, fucking special thing I do like they do in this movie where they have really good ramen spices and sauce into it. No, I use the flavor packets. That's enough sauce. It does the job. Makes it taste like chicken. <laughs> shrimp, maybe. Or picante shrimp. Spicy chicken. I don't know. They have all different flavors. Pretty good. But the point is they're eating together and they're having fun. You know, they're, maybe romance. Who knows? You know, uh, Oh needs to learn how to talk first. Before he starts, you know, getting, you know, frisky. <laughs> you know? But he does give her a fucking Miller Gold light. I love that. Like, for some reason, they have Miller Gold. You know, in South Korea, and that's what he gives her with fucking Nutella. I was like, that's a combo. I know I've had that before. <laughs> like, you're looking in your cabinets, and the night before you go grocery shopping, and you're kind of drunk, and then you're like, what the fuck do I have to eat? Ooh, Nutella. Or peanut butter. <laughs> yeah, that goes good. I mean, these are tips. Tips for all the single bachelors out there that get drunk. Peanut butter is a, a problem solved. Just makes everything go away. And then you wake up, and you don't feel so bad because you got all that peanut butter. Yeah, you know anybody that fills up your your cabinets, it's fun. Just say, ah, God, I wish you or, would cook. <laughs> you learn how to take better care of yourself. Overall, you learn how to prepare and make I'm, certain meals under whatever <laughs> mindset that you possibly are under, and you might, you might not always be single. Hey, top. listen, monkey, monkey, you've had my lasagna. How was it? It, it was it was fucking good. It was fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And my loaded baked we, potatoes we, we, that I made. Yes, that I taught you how to make as well. <laughs> yeah, so I know my way around a kitchen. I'm talking about when I'm fucking hammered, and I have no other choice like I said, but to fucking make myself something to learn. Now, There's a couple quick recipes that you need to learn how to make, regardless of what mindset that you're under. This way, when you're no, fucking loaded, I don't know. you're not just popping... Pop ramen in the microwave, man. Pop tarts. It's good too, guys. Pro tip for all the single guys out there. Pop tarts with working te- a pinch. With ketchup. with ketchup and a little bit of bacon in between. I'm telling you, fucking mind blowing. I'm just, you know, you got to fill your stomach up, guys. Or you make it before you get drunk, like I do sometimes. You know, make myself a nice little hamburger helper. Nice little deluxe cheeseburger. Get that going. You know, two o'clock in the morning, you're set. All you got to do is heat it up in the microwave after you make it, and it is See, that's on. Exactly, that's, that's exactly what we're talking about, man. Is that they're have shit ready, have food in there. I've it's done like, that. Yeah. I'm just I'm just talking those nights where, like, you forget, and you're like, you know what? I wanted to get drunk, and I got drunk too quick. Put something in my stomach so I have nothing but whiskey and beer in my stomach. So you're like, oh, top ramen. <laughs> I throw that bitch in the microwave, put some of that, that flavor packet on there, and you're good to go. <laughs> He has to go. Maybe you have more beers. Maybe you don't. <laughs> he can't be trusted with frozen burritos because he'll fucking scorch himself. <laughs> I've burned myself. I mean, it many sounds of like you need like just like a little bit of of indie living class one hundred and one to like just 
just take a little step forward from where you're currently at right Indiana now. I feel, like, class? I, I feel like so many things I've tried. would improve. I've tried. You can improve so many things by just putting like a, just a tiny little bit more effort into the things that you're saying right now. Uh, we're not talking about uh, becoming like a like a Michelin starred chef or any, any stretch of the imagination, but it but it sounds like you can be doing like a little bit better living on your own. Now. Dude, I've tried I'm, so hard to I'm teach him how to cook. I'm not living in a fucking paper bag. I'm like, I can dress myself and shower and brush my teeth. I'm not even talking about teaching him how to cook, but he can fucking heat sure, up some water sure, and actually sure. cook the fucking noodles as opposed to the microwave. Oh, you know what else is good in the microwave? Chef Boyardee. That shit's fucking amazing. <laughs> I, those God, mini raviolis, dude. You do you do take oh, it out man. of the can before you put it in the microwave, right? <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Occasionally, or I'll eat it right out of the can, standing over my sink and crying. You want to get into that? No, we don't. That's a Thursday night activity. That's what you are. Just staring out the window, eating my spaghetti and meatballs, FYRD. Man, this is the life, huh? Yes, sir. Standing in the shower, eating Chef Boyardee while he's crying. So the tears, tears of water. That's where I drink my beers, okay? (laughs) That's where I have my shower beers, okay? I have my PBRs in the shower while I have a cry, and then I get out of the shower and I look myself in the mirror. I'm like, you know what, Chef Boyardee, time, baby, you deserved it. All right, let's do it. What am I gonna have tonight? Mm -mm -mm." And then I'm like, this is gonna be great. And I'm like, hello, Mr. Microwave. Hello, Andy. Yeah, put some food in me. I'll heat it up. Two minutes. Oh, boy. Man, I love you, Mr. Microwave. I love you, too, Andy. You get me, man. <laughs> but, yeah, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's a big help. You know, macaroni and cheese, you name it, he fucking makes it. And it comes out, and it's tasty, and then I just I eat it, and I go to bed. You know, it's fine. You know? I mean, in between, I mean, Thursdays are the crying in the shower days. Friday is more like, you know, you get it out real quick, you know, because you got Will coming over, you know, and it's like, oh, shit, that guy's coming over. So we fire out this fucking depression cry real quick, real fast when he comes over. All right, that's Dude, good. Dude, that guy. Uh, the bike was like, that guy is coming over? <laughs> that, that guy, you know, the guy that comes over on Friday nights. The guy, you know, the, the guy. <laughs> well, for some reason, you don't like me to mention your name when we do the podcast, so I try to keep it out of there. You're like, I don't want anybody to know my real name. Okay, well. It's fine, monkey. <laughs> so, I try to keep it light, but no. I don't yeah, so you gotta say have that. don't use my. I don't say don't use my real name. I just say when we're on the show, we should sit there and use our stage name. That's all because we are professional podcasts. King. Well, if we were going to use our stage name, I'd be Chesty Larue, but that's just my stage name. I do for less. But yeah, that's how I make the extra money on the side. And girls yeah, that's work. right. <laughs> Coming to the stage, Chester Waru. Hello, boys. Oh, let me tell you a story. I was fanning well, myself in Miami last week. And right out of about. My <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who wants like to slap these cheeks, boys? Send the link Clive Barker on cigars. Well, guys, let me tell you. <laughs> At that woman. I met that woman in the Hello, strip club boys. at Tom's River once. She... She had, like, and again, I was like, I was 16, 
and, and the guy Bob that like lived down the road, he was the guy that I was working as his helper. So so we're in the area, and he's like, oh hey, you want to go to the club? And I'm like, well, whatever, I can't, man, I'm too young. And he's like, nah, he's like, don't worry about it, they know me, they'll let you in. So we go in, and I swear, I mean, maybe you know, I'm looking at it through like the the the, the eyes of a 16 year old. To me, this woman looked like she had to have been in like her late 50s, early 60s. Um, Maybe she was, like, in her 40s or 50s and still doing it. But regardless, you know, she's like, <laughs> want to see a trick? Like, she sounded like Marge's <laughs> sisters from the fucking Simpsons. And she's like, do you want to see a trick? We're like, sure. Oh, no. And she proceeded to, to smoke a cigarette with her vagina. Okay? She's inhaling, <laughs> pumping smoke out of her vagina, okay? And then she was yeah. like, do you want to see me make it wink? Okay? It was <laughs> haunted me my whole life. Uh, yeah. Uh, like, I, can, I can picture myself sitting there, like that scene in fucking Fear and Loathing, the guy sitting outside his yeah. fucking bathroom, twitching every time the fucking door opened because he fucking saw Hunter doing cocaine off of some fucking hidden arm or whatever. <laughs> Insanity. Or it's like, um, or it's like fucking waiting when she lifts up her skirt. She's like, "Why is this so angry?" From <laughs> <laughs> waiting. Wow. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Uh, but back to the movie. Uh, we have the pair with walkie-talkies now after Jun Wu found them, and they they continue to talk and just kind of conspiring as to what to do next, but. The next day, all of the zombies outside are becoming extremely agitated, so they realize that they have to escape somehow and get out of their current situation. So being the repeller that uh, June was loving her said that she was, manages to, like, fucking parkour out of there real fast with, you know, repel lines. And you know, yeah, there was, should have been a fucking more action soundtrack. You know, ba-dum, 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 <laughs> like, you know, fucking. And I love the fact that at one point they're talking, and he goes, like, oh, yeah, like kind of like Cruise? Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise. Like, oh, they just got oh, no Mission Impossible. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah. so they actually, cause it, oh, so I thought that might be a translation thing, because they said that no. in the yeah. dubbing, and I was going to ask you guys if nope. they actually said that in the subtitles as well. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. they apparently they, they just got come. Mission Impossible in South Korea. The first one. And they have a long way to go to get through the rest of the series, but they got the first one. Uh, but, it, oh, of course, we have, uh, you know, Jun Woo doing the same thing, except for, like, bed sheets, so they both make it down, and then they rappel through to the other apartment, and they just kind of have to escape from what? these hordes of zombies that are running through. Um, they make it to the eighth floor of Jun Woo's apartment. Um, oh, is and that they how it's he gets empty. down with bed sheets? Yeah. yeah. the whole secret yeah, happens, a bed she rappels down, and then she's getting all attacked and shit. See again, this is this is my attention span during the movie. You know, like I, I, he came down and all that crap, and she's getting attacked, and then all of a sudden, like he shows up to save her at the last second. I had no idea how he got down. I was just like, oh, did he take the fucking elevator or something? Because the elevator works when they go to the next building. Yeah, but they they used he used the uh, bed sheets. But yeah, of course the elevator works when you get to the the eighth floor, and that's when all the zombies pour out of it. I like that fact that the elevator wasn't fucking empty. I was like, watch it be empty. But nope, it's full of zombies as they're, they're trying to attack him. They finally make it to a suite on the floor where this older man comes in and, and rescues them. And they're like, oh, thank you so much for saving us. And he's like, don't worry about it. Hey, uh, here's some spam, some water, and, you know, let's just, you know, eat and kind of like hang out for a second. Uh, by the way, the military's coming, so it's like, fuck yeah, dude. 
Like we we you know yeah. we made it. We're, we're gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah rescues yeah, all the way. No. <laughs> then all of a sudden, Jun was like, "Why does this water taste funny?" And and he falls asleep. I was like, "Oh shit!" You know, this is drugged. And then uh, uh, you find out that it's her uncle, apparently that that lives in this building, because she says uncle. No, and I was no, like, "That's no, Kim that, Yoo Boon Bin's." No, yeah. it's it's not uncle. It's it's like just a term for you know you know kind of like um, an older man. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It translates as uncle in Indian films as well. Uh, like Bollywood films, huh. they do the same thing. Like, I thought the same thing at first. I was like, what the fuck? How is everybody related to everybody? Because <laughs> everybody was calling everybody uncle. <laughs> yeah, and then I realized all it was, it's like it's a term of like respect towards an older mm. male figure. And it's just whatever the word translates to in English is uncle. Duck horn. No, it was just, it was oh, sorry. Keith, the ghoul of geek, our resident Bollywood expert. That's right. He is. Oh, indeed. He watches yep. it. But yeah, the the, uh, the uncle thing threw me off because I'm like, are they going to set it up where it's like her uncle and she just didn't recognize him for some reason? But no, it's, obviously no. you guys explained it. But you know, this, yeah, this particular just, man. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, monkey. No, I was just saying what the ghoul said was just yeah, just oh. respected older man. That's all it is. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Same I mean, thing. you know, just, just proper title. So Yubin is, is tied up in the man's bedroom where we see that his wife has been infected and she needs to feed. So that's why this old man decided to do that while Jun Wu is on the outside waking up. Uh, and as the old man goes to the door to check on his wife, that's when all chaos breaks loose because Yubin decided to put a fabric over the woman's head and just have the old man die with uh, getting bit by his wife. And it was kind of like one of those sequences where it's like, oh, that's kind of nice. You know, the fact that, like, he could finally just die now. <laughs> like the, the monkey said, what the fuck is there to live for in a zombie apocalypse? Your wife's dead. You got nothing to live for. So why not fucking let her bite you and you could die? You can both become zombies together, hold hands, bite people. You can be like the power couple of yeah. the fucking zombie world. Like, you know, yeah, it's, cool it's, it's a zo- Korean zombie rom-com. <laughs> well, I, I, I like, think that whole thing starts <clears throat> as, like, you know, the idea of maybe there's a cure for this. So maybe if I can, you know, keep her alive so it is and in decent shape, they'll be able to bring her back to me. Um, you know, mm-hmm. then from there I think yeah. it progresses to the insanity factor and then the, uh, well, it's still her deep down inside and I love her. You know, <laughs> yeah, that whole thing. I mean, maybe it's like the like the Herschel effect from Walking Dead season three, where he's just like, "Ah, oh, we're keeping them all out in the barn. Government's gonna come through here eventually." Like, yep, yep, just gotta wait this thing out, you know. But yeah, but that so character it, it, in this movie is so it was a, Yeah, the, that was the cool thing about it, though, of them going, you know, a little bit darker here. Going into a little bit into you know people being fucked up in the society and the things going on, but I also like it was quick and they didn't uh, go off topic too much with this thing and then get to the a dragon point in the movie. It's like it was just enough to give it a little side story and then boom back to the action. Yeah, it wasn't bad. <clears throat> Plus, because you kind of needed something else other than these two, and then the zombies mm-hmm. that kind of come in and out. I mean now. Now they're completely pissed off, and now they're being attracted by the gunshots because you Ben had shot both uh, the old man and his wife. So now they're, she's they're just fucking badass. <laughs> well, not really, because then she's like, "Hey, why don't you just kill me now?" 
It's like, uh, okay. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess I could do it. And she's like, just fucking do it, you pussy. And he's like, stop yelling at me. I just wanted to see your boobs. Like, can, you just, can, you flash a tip? can you flash a tip before I do it? Can you yeah, pull up your shirt at least real quick? give the kid some trim. Give the kids some trim before yeah. you fucking off yep. yourself, man, or make them off you. Oh, could you imagine if you been fucking kissed him? He would have came so fucking hard. He, she would have been blown back against the wall like in Scary Movie. <laughs> <laughs> because you know this kid has not gotten his first kiss yet. Never mind nope. seeing a fucking tit. He would have fucking been like, of course, I'll do whatever you want me to do. You just showed me a Hell pie? You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> But uh, so she wants him to kill her, and he, of course, is hesitating. But as he's hesitating, uh, the military arrives. You know, you see helicopters passing outside. So let's make our escape to the rooftop, you know, so we could, you know, be saved. Um, But they do a kind of cool moment where all the zombies are are coming onto the rooftop and eventually reaching a point where it's like, okay, they might die from this. But no, of course, at the last second, the, the thing drops down, and they make it up into the Army helicopter while the Army shoots down the horde. You know, so they could effectively be carried yeah. to safety. And this is where fucking June Wu would have gotten his fucking first hand job. Because she would have been so fucking horny about getting saved that she would have done anything. Like, nothing is off the table <laughs> at the moment. If she's going to be so horned up, they're going to fucking live to see another day. Like, this man, you would have just seen a fucking explosion happen in that helicopter. I'm talking about bombs. <laughs> yeah, except instead she's going to yeah. bang one of these military guys. Cause they're like real men, you know? <laughs> <laughs> And you would be forced to watch <laughs> as they do it. Yeah. Like, this is what real men do. This is what real men do. Like, oh, stop it. All I wanted to see was a boob, and I got to see it, but at what cost? <laughs> the, the ending I would have preferred is, like, you know, they run out of ammo, you know, and all that kind of shit. And um, then they get overrun by the zombies. And then after they get run over, that's when the helicopter comes up. And then the helicopter just guns down everyone on just the Just in the nick of time. Or, you know, the, the helicopter, for some reason, goes down. It crashes. Jun Wu is the only survivor. And then they play the cranberry zombie as he walks away from the wreckage. <laughs> or... Because we've seen it work so well. And my, my preferred ending is the Return of the Living Dead ending. Just drop a bomb. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Killing everybody, man. You know what? Because that what you is think? Yeah. It's way to deal with that yeah. situation. Oh, I'm completely on board. Like, if they had ended that, like they did with Return of the Living Dead, where a fucking mushroom cloud erupts from the town, as they're flying away, I would have been like, oh, shit. That's fucking kind of cool, because they just eliminated the problem. Like, we, we just got rid of this city, so no worries. And that's when you get the voiceover. But instead, the voiceover of a TV anchor is talking about how the wireless networks are coming back up. That's when you get the fucking title of the movie. Hashtag alive. Hashtag alive. I'm like, oh, there it is. There's the title. We made it. That's the movie. <sighs> and I know, it's, I know it's supposed to be like a bittersweet moment, but like, you know, hashtag alive. Hashtag mated. Hashtag survive and thrive. Hashtag first anal. Something fun. You know, People are bored in the zombie apocalypse and they're experimenting a little bit more, you know. Hashtag threesome rule. Taboo. Hashtag foursome. Hashtag double hand job. Like, it's all the sexual things that they could have been doing. Yeah, that's right. You know, hashtag not my stepmom. Wink, wink. Something like that. Just to have something fun to end on instead of just hashtag alive. 
Hashtag, we're more than related. Like, you know, something fun. You know, just something to, <laughs> you know, but that, it, and that's way to, but again, the movie is, is generic, but I think like we talked about last week, zombie movies are kind of just kind of run the course anyway. Like there's not really anything that we could say about even modern zombie movies that are kind of original. It's just all kind of a copy of a copy of a what copy. Sometimes they're better than others. <laughs> Where Michael used that bandsaw better than the fucking guy in the movie did. That power saw. We finally got <laughs> to that damn machine. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and, and boy, did he do it. Uh, but no. So, you know, it's one of those things that we move past the zombie thing now because even Walking Dead's got like 18 different fucking spinoffs coming up. You know, so it's, I don't know. You know, it's, it feels like it's time for another thing to poke its head through. But we'll see. You know, if there's an idea out there, it's going to be made. So, anyway, that was Hashtag Alive. Uh, that was Yay. the Dean's pick. So, thank you so much for that, as always. Um, oh, so, my pleasure is, to be more. able to provide these fine cinematic masterpieces for your viewing pleasure. <laughs> well, like I said, you did provide Bloodbeat not that long ago, and I did enjoy that. So, there we go. Actually, that was, that was a, a long a time that was a long time ago. Yeah, but like let me two years a long ago, time maybe? Ago. I don't know. Time That's has no meaning. It's a construct. Time has no <laughs> meaning. It's a construct, anyway. Moving on. All right. So that, Tommy that Wiley, was a <laughs> It is. It has no time. It, it was made up. That's another podcast, because I could go on forever about touching time. But anyway, so uh, that was a Dean's pick. Uh, next week, it is mine. And as you guys know, my pick will be the lead-in to Halloween, which happens in two, two weeks from Sunday. So I decided, you know what, Dean, you might not want to be a part of this one next week because I'm going to dig back mm-hmm. into the archives when the ghoul and I first started. And I'm talking when we first started, like this couple episodes in, back in 2013, before you guys were even a part of the show, before we mm-hmm. are where we are right now. And we're going to be covering we're Halloween right Part now. 2 from 1981. So I'm going to talk about the good sequel to Halloween. Halloween 2 from 1981, directed by Rick Rosenthal. My favorite of the this series. So oh. I'm going to rediscover that and see if it still holds up, see what we think about it. But I think what better way to celebrate Halloween 2021 than with a movie that celebrates its 40th anniversary this year, Halloween 2. I would have thought... Sorry, Donald Pleasant, Jamie Lee Curtis, and a wig. Oh, yeah. Well, yes, but I truly would have thought that (laughs) you would have picked Halloween 6. When you started saying the Halloween season and how I maybe would want to spit Mm. it out, I really was expecting you to say Halloween. Oh no! No, it's only because I know that you're not a fan of the you're not a fan of the reduxes, so I try not to do them. But I thought this was appropriate because this is way back when, before we were even really kind of where we are right now with the podcast. So I think a better look at Halloween Part Two is in order, and uh, definitely not Part Six. I won't do that to you guys. I'm not that evil. Yeah, no. I'll do the good thing. When we put it this way, King, when we covered Halloween. We actually covered it as a full series retrospective. Yes, we did. Which I think it took us two separate days. I think we did it over a two-week period in which we – or went into the whole month, actually, where we did, like – yeah, I think that's what we did. I think we picked, like, three movies each time and and went that route. Yeah. Yeah, we did Halloween 1, 2, and 3 for the first episode, and then we did 4, 5, and 6 for the next. And then we wrapped it up with the, the later movies like Resurrection and uh, H2O. And then the Rob Zombie movies. And so then we I, fucking just hammered I think, Yeah, I movies. think we did our own episode for the zombie flicks. Yes, we did. We did them back-to-back. We did our own stuff for that. But we never really covered Halloween 2 appropriately because that was back then when we did three movies an episode. So we never really 
got to give it a full chance and give it a full look. And especially with Halloween Kills, you know, being so fresh in everybody's mind, let's go back to a time where sequels weren't really the norm and revisit what Michael's doing at a much less filled Haddonfield Memorial Hospital. Because in Halloween Kills, it's an actual fucking hospital. I was like, holy shit. I'm going to watch Halloween Kills. nurses and doctors. Yeah, you could. I love the fact that they kept the jackets from Halloween 2. They all had the patches on the back. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. That's a Halloween 2 callback. They still wear the <laughs> shitty jackets. They look so it's good. It's Memorial. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. right on the back in that script. But anyway, so that's going to be for next week. So anyway, Dean, thank you so much for joining us and presenting your pick. You're welcome. I and we'll do. be back here I next week to talk about Halloween 2. Yes, I did. I did want to say real fast that I did take a quick peek back into the archives, and we covered Bloodbeat on January 10th of 2018. So it's been quite some time. Wow. Yeah, it's been a while. It's so fresh in my mind because I do like that movie, and actually ended up buying it in a Blu-ray after we did the episode because I loved it that much. What so, a waste yeah, of money! Yeah, much. No, it's not. That movie is a fantastic French Canadian slasher movie that's just all over the fucking place. But anyway, so we will see you back here next week for Halloween Two, and Monkey. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. And why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? Yeah, thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror. Good night, everybody. <laughs> All right. And Ghoul, why don't you go ahead and sign, sign yourself off? Stay scared, everybody. Evil dies tonight. <laughs> Anthony Michael Hall <clears throat> with old Huckleberry. Evil dies tonight. Grab your iron. We're going to kill Michael. Okay. Sure. That's how it happens. Anyway, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Thanking you so much for listening to this episode. Meet you back here next week where we're going to be covering Halloween 2 from 1981, directed by Rick Rosenthal. More of the night. He came home. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies. Oh, and by the way, evil dies tonight. <laughs> <laughs>